Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We've talked to some incredible stallery families that have come through the doors of the stallery, maybe had long stays, maybe had short stays. And I love getting the perspective of families that have actually gone through it because you're never going to get a better perspective than those that have really lived it. And our next guests have done just that. I've got Amber with me, who is a stallery kid, has been for quite some time. Amber, Mm -hmm. so good to see you. Thank you for being here. And Amber's mom, Amanda, who is joining us as well. Amanda, thank you so much for for making the time. I know that you've probably had to tell Amber's story several times. You mentioned that you've been on lots of different media outlets and lots of different news shows. And here you are making the time for ours. So thank you. We really appreciate it. It's my pleasure, truly. So I think one thing that that happens a lot of times with parents that have gone through the salary in some way, you become very medically aware and and telling the story of of what's gone on sort of becomes this um you know just very uh i i guess like easy to tell timeline of events that seems kind of almost like nothing to you but you know us as listeners and certainly as parents we hear that and we think oh my god what this family has been through it's incredible so try as best as you can to sort of take us back to what landed you in the stallery initially with amber yeah, so it wasn't actually one thing that led us to the stallery. It was a kind of culmination of events. So I started noticing that something was not quite right between about six and 10 months of age. Um, and then, you know, my husband kind of noticed the same and then her doctor noticed the same. So we've actually been in and out since she was two years old. Um, but she didn't get her primary diagnosis until she was 10. So it was a long time of in and out, lots of emergency, lots of kind of specialists who were like, we're just not really sure what's going on, but we know something's not typical. Um, So she did receive her primary diagnosis of Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which is a connective tissue disease. And then subsequently she's got five or six other rare disorders and diseases um, on top of that. And they're all correlated, but they all kind of interfere with each other and, and, aggravate each other so if one is out maybe the other goes out and and so it's kind of this constant balancing act of trying to keep her in in a space of stability um and yeah so amber before you got that primary diagnosis then and and mom describes you just sort of something being off maybe just not quite feeling right what were you feeling um i was too flexible like i could do the splits and i Whenever I did the splits or anything that like should strain or hurt someone's back yeah. or anything, it didn't hurt at all. I could probably go further. Wow. I creeped people out. That was always fun for me. <laughs> you sprained and broke a number of things. Oh, yeah. And you would unfortunately get very sick oh. when you would do tumbling. Yeah. I used to do cheer for like two, three years. Mm-hmm. I loved it. But every time I got hurt, I would also get really sick. I would miss a lot of things because I would get hurt because cheer is kind of physically demanding. Yeah. And I was a flyer for a while. So that means you go in the air. Yeah. 
that was not fun. <laughs> so you're probably thinking this, this skill of being very, very flexible might serve you really well. That's yeah. probably what led you into cheer in the first place. And then here we are finding out that it's actually part and parcel of many serious medical concerns. Yeah. yeah. So when, when you're then kind of thrust into this, this new life of, okay, we're a Stollery family and this is normal for us. Amanda, what is that like as a, as a parent to try to navigate that and then remain strong for your daughter. We talk about these situations happening when the kids are really, really young. They can't necessarily understand what's happening. In this case, Amber's a child. You have to explain this to her as you're processing it. Yeah. You know, that's a great question. And it's one I actually haven't been asked before. And I will say that it is a direct kind of um, opposite feeling. You are so relieved and so validated sure, yeah. and you are so grief stricken that your child, you know, this life that you dream for your child isn't going to look like the life that you dream for your child. So there's so many different opposing emotions that occur and there's a lot of trauma involved. Um, you know, there's, part. it is my favorite part to talk about because I'm so passionate about the work in trauma and I, I work in, in with others with trauma and, and specifically with medical parents. And it's, you know, we, we underestimate the amount of trauma that occurs vicariously and within these kids mm -hmm. um, medically. And so it's, it's very opposing feelings of like realizing that you are in a constant state of trauma and a constant state of hypervigilance. And also you have to celebrate and enjoy and be, and all of that can happen in a one minute time span. Wow. And how, and how do you do that? How does, how does someone take that on? It's, it's honestly a little bit of, fumbling your way through <laughs> and some days you're really successful and other days you kind of curl up in a ball and just think just get through today mm -hmm. um but one thing I think is like you know we got through today that is that is a big thing and one of the um aspects that Amber and I really talk about a lot and we talk about in our house as well because I've got another child and then my husband and we talk about like every day is a new day so even if today was awful tomorrow might not be awful and by the same token like she could have a really great day and we're like, yes, we are on a good stretch. And then the next day a flare could start and six weeks of not being able to get out of bed and multiple hospital trips and so on and so forth. So we really don't know what each day is going to look like. And that is a blessing and a sadness for us. And I suppose it forces you to really live in, in the moment and really be present and just really enjoy those moments when they do come. But, oh, yeah. you know, I'm, it's, I'm mad. I'm listening to you talk and, you know, you, you work with others that have gone through trauma, yep. medical trauma. You are, you're a mom uh, to, to, uh, to obviously to Amber, who has some serious medical concerns. And then you're a mom to another child as well. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you're making, you're really making it all work. And I don't take for granted that that is a lot. That is a lot. To it's take a lot. <laughs> Amber, what about, what about for you? I mean, how, what is it, what is it like to find yourself in a situation where you need ongoing medical care? There are some, there's some rare conditions that are being dealt with as well. I mean, what does that look like for, for you as a, as a kid with your friends? Well, at the beginning, I had no idea what was going on. So I didn't really understand what was happening, but as time went on, things started getting worse. And I started realizing I wasn't great. Mm -hmm. I mean, so I think after a while, I realized everything was not okay with me. So my mental health went down. I started isolating myself from everyone, including my mom, parents, people. Mm -hmm. um, it got really hard at some point, a lot of points, actually. Uh, but I've, I'm 
alright with it now. I've understood that it's part of my life. And my mental health is better finally. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it can be really challenging to be like a kid who goes to high school and in a wheelchair. I said that weird. <laughs> <laughs> you said it You said it just fine. And honestly, Amber, I want to give you so much credit for, for saying that your mental health suffered. Because... Oh, yeah. How could it not? And I think as we're sort of navigating this new area of stigma around mental health lifting, it is so hugely important and impactful for you to be able to speak to that and speak openly about it. That makes such a huge difference. And mental health resources are is something that this dollar is looking to try to expand. That's part mm-hmm. of where your donations are going to go. It's going to cost six and a half million dollars. It's not a cheap endeavor, but it is, it's something that is hugely important. That's another area where your donations go as well. So 780-407-KIDS is the number to call to sign up to be a monthly donor or to just do a one-time donation. Amanda, when we're, we're asking people for donations from your perspective as a mom and a salary mom, mm-hmm. what, what reason do you give to people to donate to the salary? Well, I think about kind of some of the specifics like child life, for example, you know, going back to the concept of mental health, like child life being when we, when we first started coming to the salary almost 17 years ago with my oldest child life wasn't a thing. And so those types of of aspects that come in that really support, you're talking social workers who are there in emergency, in prepping for surgery, in 2D3, the outpatient clinic. Those are areas that people don't realize make such a huge difference until it's needed. Same with equipment. You know, back when we first started, uh, ultrasound infusions were not a thing. And now that's how Amber gets her IV every single week is through ultrasound infusion. Well, we need more ultrasound machines. It's that's just a fact. You know, you can't just share them between all of the different units. And so it's those little things that you might not think of until it's absolutely necessary. And I appreciate you you explaining that because I think sometimes we talk about it being world class and people think, well, then why does it need money? <laughs> why do we need more resources available? But that need and that demand continues to grow and serving that is so important. When you talk about your experience at the Stollery as a patient, Amber, I'm curious, what what does it feel like being here? Does it feel like coming to a, to a scary hospital environment or does it feel warm and welcoming? What is it, what is it like as an actual patient here? Uh, well, most of them are all of them. Yeah, all of them are really warm and welcoming. So you kind of get comfortable. And if you're here a while and a lot, you find a second family. And it's they just make it fun sometimes, even when you're not in a great place or really not feeling well. They still, like, just have fun and do what you need. Yeah, one of the days, um, we, we're here every single week for an infusion. And one of the days, Amber was having a bit of a scary reaction. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, everything was completely fine, but it was something we hadn't seen before. And then her primary nurse that day up on 2D3 was like, okay, here's what we're going to do and kind of came up with a plan. And then every other nurse on the unit came to check on Amber at some point, even though she wasn't their patient that day. Oh yeah. They just come in and go for everyone. And it's that level of care. You know, when, when Amber had COVID multiple nurses, you know, they weren't coming into her room because isolation, but coming to the door and just being like, we're here for you. What do you need? You just let us know, you know, and that level of care makes it so much less scary and makes it feel like, okay, okay. It's, it's going to be okay. And somebody else can be in charge of her mm-hmm. for a period of time. 
and what a gift to be what able to just gift. say, okay, I can just, ha- I can sort of hand her over, wash my hands of it for just a moment and know with certainty that she is well cared for and with love too. I mean, I think oh, anyone yeah. that works in healthcare is amazing, is incredible. You deserve Agreed. all the praise in the world, but to work with kids, I mean, you really need to be made of something really, really special to have that level of compassion. And you see it, you see it here every day at the Stellar. It every really day. is. It's miraculous. It really is. And it is unlike any other place really and truly. And, you know, Amber wants to be a social worker and maybe work with child life at some point in her future. And that's a direct result of the care and acceptance that she's experienced from child life and the nurses and doctors here at the Stollery. So where do things stand for you now, Amber, medically? Are you still coming into the Stollery quite frequently? How are oh, you yeah, doing today? Weekly. Um, I'm tired. It's <laughs> the morning for me. I mean, it's, I don't know, it's 11 something. I usually That's wake up still like, morning. Yeah, I wake up like 12 right now. <laughs> One. So I'm quite tired. But medically, you're, you're close to stable-ish. I mean, we're going to go with that. Ish. Yeah, ish. <laughs> Just got over a cold. Yeah, and that's, you know, colds for her aren't like colds for other kids. Colds for her mean that her entire nervous system goes out of whack and, and we're never sure what's going to happen. And, you know, going back to that trauma piece, it's my husband and I looking at each other going, are we underreacting? Are we overreacting? Mm-hmm. Are we appropriately reacting? <laughs> and, you know, it's always a guessing game. And yet you say that with a smile. You say close to stable-ish Ish. with a smile. <laughs> you got so much positivity that I'm sure is tested and has been many times over the years. Yeah. So thank you both for being here for sharing your story, for sharing your experience with the Stollery, for singing its praises, which of course we cannot do nearly enough. Amanda, Amber, thank you both. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Of course. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.